Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? All right. It's going pretty well. I've got quite a few of these mint juleps with air quotes around them. That's right. And they're pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. Refreshing on a nice sunny day, Mm -hmm. as it is right now. So mint juleps. Yeah. It's my first one. I know. I cannot believe that you have not had the Disneyland mint juleps. I know, I go to Disneyland all the time. Ugh, it's upsetting to hear. So these drinks were inspired by the Disneyland mint juleps and we didn't actually make traditional mint juleps because I've made traditional mint juleps before. Yeah. And they're disgusting. Oh really? Oh yeah. It's like a sugar cube and some mint that you muddle and then you pour like bourbon over it and you're done. Oh. Yeah. Bar. That's not as cute. <laughs> yeah. No, that is a, a drinker's drink. You know what I'm saying? Right. These are green and like yeah. beautiful. So what's in it? So we made a pitcher of them and mm-hmm. we used about a half a can of lemonade concentrate. And then I put, I would say probably about a half a cup of cream de menthe. It was wildly more green and wildly more minty than yeah. I think I was expecting. Um, and then we had a bottle of bourbon that had a little bit left in it, poured all that in. <laughs> And then we topped it off with 7-Up. And it looks like a Disneyland mint julep. Yeah. But tastes very adult. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> no, it is pretty tasty. I was happy with it. Yeah, I'm not they're... a bourbon person, but it, it was pretty tasty. It's almost like a whiskey sour mm. with like just a hint of mint. Yeah, I can see that. We could probably have gone a little bit stronger on the mint, but... If you did too much mint, it tastes like toothpaste. Yeah, we had to maybe experiment a little further from the first round. Yeah. <laughs> mm. well, okay, we didn't need I mean, that look. That was hurtful. It did taste a lot like toothpaste, but whatever. Um, no, these taste great. And we drank them while we did our Disney filter of which one we were on oh, Instagram. God damn it. I wanted to be a princess. I was going for Sleeping Beauty. That's the one I was hoping for. Oh, okay. And I ended up with fucking Scar. Uh, yep. I no, at least uh, it wasn't. What's his name? Quasimodo. Quasimodo. That's what of I got. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like I, I mean, uh, I wasn't. I didn't I... even care what I got after you got Quasimodo. <laughs> okay, listen. I was expecting to get, you know, maybe Rapunzel or no, Dora. Or... I mean, is her name Rapunzel? In Rapunzel, the movie? yeah. Entangled. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Okay. (laughs) You never know. They might have named her Mona or something. Who could say? Nope. Uh, (laughs) They sure the fuck didn't. Be quiet. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe Meg. I would be fine with that. Megra from Hercules, you know? Oh, yeah. I do like Meg. See? Yeah. She's a little slutty. Maybe a little bit. She doesn't wear slut. What are you talking about? She's slut. Oh, uh, uh. Yeah. (laughs) You're seeing it now. So, I mean, whatever. All right. Hey, Michelle. Do you feel oh. lucky? Like, do you think you're a lucky person? Oh my god, I feel like this is going to be a trick fucking question. <laughs> I do, well, I feel very fortunate. How's that? Mm. Lucky, I don't know about, but fortunate, yes. Like, when it comes to situations, do you think, like, luck is on your side? Uh, I like to think my choice of saying safe is on my side. All right. And maybe less luck. All right. I was actually thinking about my childhood earlier, about how... 
I'm amazed that I made it through. <laughs> well, with all the stories we've heard through all so, these episodes, I'm surprised. Maybe as luck well. is in fact on my side. I think so. <laughs> all right, are you ready to jump in? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, we got a story to tell. So this has two survivors. Ooh, all right. This is about Seth Wells and Danielle Theophile. Okay. Okay. This takes place April 28th, 2020. Oh, so this is... Recent. recent. Yes, indeed. Not even a month old. Mm-mm. All right. So they live in Cookville, Tennessee, which is between Nashville and Knoxville. Obviously. <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> Seth is 29 and Danielle is 26. They've been dating for two years. Okay. All is checking out so far. Yeah. So, Seth and Danielle went to bed around midnight. Okay. And then at 1.50 a.m., Seth is woken up by his phone. Hmm. He looks down and sees a tornado warning. Oh, shit. So, it was like the, um, the, like, emergency alert. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I see why you're excited about your story. (laughs) Can't Um, hurt. Oh, my God. Caitlin, not Can. That's not your name. That's not my name. Caitlin is very much intrigued by tornadoes. tornadoes. I love tornadoes. Like, I would love to see one from a safe distance. Well put. But they are, (laughs) like, terrifyingly beautiful. Like, they're just Mm. memorized. I mean, I I found this YouTube channel called Pico's Hank. I would look him up. He's a great storm chaser, tornado chaser. Mm. And... His footage is amazing. Does he say a safe distance away? He does. Oh, that was not the answer I was expecting. (laughs) No, he does. There's some videos where he's like, this was a mistake. (laughs) God. That's not the situation you want to necessarily be thinking back that it was a big mistake. Yeah, but he has it on camera. All right. So it's really interesting, and I love tornadoes so much, so I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy and sad this happened, but... I get to report it. All right, let's hear about it. Seth used to live in South Carolina and moved to Tennessee in 2010. So he was used to tornado warnings. But this time he felt uneasy. Something felt different about this one. Hmm. Seth couldn't hear wind or rain. He looked out the window but didn't see anything. Just some lightning. Oh. And then he heard this sound. It was like a deep rumble. Were they in the eye of the storm? (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't want (laughs) to... Get too ahead of myself. That's immediately what I think of. Um, what is the movie? Tornado? Is that Twister. The name? Twister, of course, not Tornado. I love Twister. Oh my god. Love I've seen Twister. that movie eight million times. So has Nick and he's over it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. He never heard of it before, but then he sprung into action. He wakes up Danielle, which she didn't wake up with the alarm. So. Oh my god, I would have been like awake. Right. I'm super sensitive to like text messages and calls and stuff in the middle of the night. Right. And then I'm always like terrified. Or if our ring goes off, my oh, God. Dumb spider night. building a web at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such an asshole. I hate that spider. I put my phone on silent, so sorry anyone who's trying to get <laughs> a hold of me. Um, so he wakes up Danielle and they run to the bathroom. They didn't have a basement or shelter, but the bathroom was in the center of the house. Okay. At this time, they could feel their house starting to shake. Oh my goodness. Once they got in the tub, the tornado directly hit their house. Oh, God. I can't even 
imagine. Tornadoes scare me more than anything. Really? Out of any natural disaster, tornadoes scare me the really? most. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, by far. Do you think they're beautiful? Um, Beautiful in a way that I hope to never, ever see one in my whole life. So if you Maybe. could be guaranteed, like, if you want to see a tornado, like, from far away, you'd be like, nah, man. Yeah, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Let's let's roll back to the hotel now, maybe. Okay. And Ooh. Yeah, like, get in a car and head now to go check it out. That's not me. Oh, okay. No. All right, all right. No. Okay. Uh, okay, so the couple was picked up with the house. Oh, fuck. Yeah, see, you're... <laughs> no. <laughs> Seth states, the house, it launched into the air. It was the fastest thing I've ever... That has ever happened in my life. Oh, and we were awake the entire time. We were wizard of wizard of Ozing through the air, slamming into trees, and were then forcibly thrown out of the explosion of the house into rubble. Oh gosh. Danielle says she could feel herself being lifted and flipped over several times. So they got ejected from the bathtub, is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. The whole thing only took thirty seconds. Oh my gosh, that's thirty seconds too long. Yeah. They both continued to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Once they landed, they were carried 50 yards away. They had debris and parts of the house piled on them. Seth was able to get out and saw that Danielle had half a wall pinned her down. Oh my gosh. He mustered up enough strength to free her as well. Look at him go. Pretty much, (laughs) you would think so. Fuck you, wall. Get out of here, Danielle. I saved you. That's when Seth started to do some checks. He didn't taste any blood. He was breathing okay. He was able to walk, and there was no broken bones that he could tell. He's looking around for the yeah. yellow brick road, see if he <laughs> maybe made it to Oz. Right? It was not a beautiful sight, as oh. Oz would be. So Seth walked away with only bruises. Oh, That's wow. all he had. Oh, my gosh. Did Danielle not fare? Well, Danielle well. also walked away with bruises, but had a cut on her forehead that needed 15 stitches. Okay, so they made it out relatively unscathed for being catapulted. How far did they go again? 50 yards. Oh, jeez. That's a long way. Well, and God knows how high they got. Right. You know. That's true. They might have gotten 100 feet in the air and then got thrown back down. Who knows? And like spinning around with all those, you know, debris and stuff. Yeah. Mm, Wizard of Ozzing all over. Trying to compose themselves, they walk to their neighbors and find a couch to sit on. Like, we just need to relax for, like, two minutes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sitting on this wet couch, Danielle asks Seth, will you marry me? Aww. She states, I couldn't see myself living any further in that moment without my husband. Oh, well, that's very touching. Seth, of course, said yes. He's like, nah, bitch. (laughs) I'm out. This was a sign. I I just saw a whole new light. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, Seth Um, wouldn't do that. He wanted to propose, um, but he wanted it to be a little more romantic setting, but he did not realize a natural disaster was going to hurry up this engagement. (laughs) Unfortunately. Oh, no. I don't like the sound of this. Not everyone was as lucky. Oh. 24 people were killed. Oh, yikes. The victims' ages ranged from 2 to 67. Mm, that's sad. Along, just from homes being demolished. It was pretty much a cul-de-sac. And um, it just sort of ripped lot, through all the houses it right there. Did, yep. Oh, that's So there were a few survival stories from this. And the same thing, like, people 
Where there's the only Toss. house that got picked up and no. thrown. Oh, no? No. Oh, my gosh. So there's multiple houses Mul- rolling around in this tor- mm-hmm. tornado. Multiple houses were just to the foundation. Oh, my God. Totally I can't destroyed. even imagine. Ugh. Um, another, oh, unfortunately, their four-month-old Corgi didn't make what? it as well. Caitlin, you could just left that part out. Sorry. <sighs> Not the corgi. No. What was her name? Do you know? I don't know the name. Did you do any research? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um so there was actually a total of three tornadoes in the Putman County that night. Oh geez. So there's so it was like a whole series of them. Yeah. In downtown Nashville alone, about 40 buildings collapse. Schools, businesses, and even a concert hall where a, a concert venue uh, were reduced to rubble oh my goodness tennessee governor bill lee declared a state of emergency and sent the national guard to assist with search and rescue efforts seth and danielle are living with her parents and have set up a gofundme account to try to get back to their normal life yeah because this just happened yeah like a few weeks ago exactly as of recording today the total has raised nine thousand four hundred and nineteen dollars oh good and their goal is ten thousand so they're close yeah they are good job so this was the deadliest tornado outbreak in the seven years oh wow mm-hmm. in america oh. in america so this was rated as an ef4 Ooh, and, and i, I will know tell five you... isn't that the top is a five a top no no you're like shut up no. <laughs> I thought it was too, but... I think I got that from Twister, the movie. Oh, yes. So, they use a... Fujita? Fujita Fujita scale, so... It's F-U-J-I-T-A. So, Fujita. Yeah. Um, So, they (laughs) use this to pretty much measure the intensity of a tornado by examining the damage caused by the tornado after it has passed over a man-made structure. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the scale. So F0 is wind speeds are around 40 to 72 miles per hour. That's probably about what we get here because we get those sort of like little dust tornadoes. Yeah. Dust devils. I don't even think they... I think they're a little bigger than that, but I think that we do have some smaller tornadoes here in Oregon. Well, I wish I could see that. I think they had one down in Albany and it... Like, took out a couple houses. Did it? Yeah, there was quite a bit of damage. I thought it was a funnel cloud, but it didn't touch. Well, maybe Okay, okay, whatever. (laughs) And F1 is, the wind speed is 73 to 112 miles per hour. Okay. F2 is 113 to 157 miles per hour. And F3 is 158 to 206 miles per hour. Where are they coming up with these cutoffs? You know, know what? It's like 205. Well, nah, they have 206 so they, miles per hour. They have like type of damage as well. So with a what did I say? F3 a roof and some walls torn off well-constructed houses. Okay. Trains overturned, most trees um, are uprooted. Okay, so they're talking about stick-built houses. The poor mobile homes are probably gone in an F1. Yeah, that's for sure. So this was an EF4, so they say that's around 207 to 260 miles per hour. Yikes. Well-constructed houses leveled. Structures with weak foundations blown off some distance. Cars thrown and large missiles 
generated. In large, so like the cars are missiles? Hmm. It must be like they picked up the cow and then shot the cow across <sighs> into a, a house. Yeah. And Sorry, F- cow. I know. So that was what it was rated at. Okay. The Cookville one. So what's the highest one? So there's an F5, which is 261 to 318 miles per hour. And then the big one, which is F6, is 319 to 379 miles per hour. Yikes. These winds are unlikely or very <laughs> unlikely. The small area of damage they might produce would probably not be recognizable along with the mass produced by F4 and F5 wind that would surround the F6 winds. Oh, so they're saying everything on the outside is just going to demolish everything. Yeah. So the F6 is just going to roll through and not do any damage because the damage has been done. Right. Missiles such as cars and refrigerators would do serious secondary damage that could not be directly identified as F6 damage. If this level is ever achieved, evidence for it might be only found in some manner of ground swirl pattern, for it may never be identified. Ident- Defiable through engineering studies. So yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell if it was an F6, kind of. I've never heard of an F6, so that's probably why. I think this, I mean, they probably only do, like, to F5. What, um, has there been an F5? Do you know of? Yeah, there have been F5s. Uh, they're hmm. rare, but, um, I, just, I don't know how many. I can't, hmm. I can't You can't quote that right out of sure your brain. I sure can't, but I know. I see. Off of the YouTube video I watched, <laughs> um, they, like, they can get up to like more than a mile wide these oh tornadoes and they could be rain wrapped so there's like rain like Come around in. it so you can't see it really yeah uh-huh what? so that's scary in itself and yeah plus, in the middle of the night you won't be able to see it either unless you know there's lightning and you can uh, see it coming that's terrifying right now you've just added a whole nother layer of me to be scared of tornadoes okay, so- they are terrifying. Like, yeah, you've ingrained cow. that fear a little bit, a little further yeah. in, if you will. They can even stay on the ground for a long time. There was one that was on the ground for 90 minutes. Oh, my God. It must have tore that town a new one. I This one, I didn't say how long it was on the ground for. Well, long um, enough to shoot a house. Yeah, you pretty know, much. Quite a few yards um, away. But, yeah, I mean, it really de- depends because... Some tornadoes, you know, out in Tornado Alley, there's a bunch of just farmland. So it could just be out there. And also, tornadoes can just stay in one place and still oh. swirl around. It could just hover, pretty much. I didn't know that either. I'm finding out all kinds of I interesting know, right? things. So that's interesting as well. But the scary thing, too, is that they can predict where it's going. You can watch it, like, head one way, but then it can split second change directions oh so if you're a storm chaser you're like here it is and you'd be like oh shit it's coming this way you gotta get out oh, pronto that's scary that's so they're super just so, scary they're so unpredictable they're, they're giant and a yeah. huge force of destruction exactly sorry no they're just saying. amazing like i just <laughs> i could learn about tornadoes all the time so luckily they uh hopefully get back you know maybe get a new little love Corgi. I'm so sad. I know. For this nameless dog. Uh. You can name them. Hmm. What do you want to name them? All that's coming to my mind is Buttercup, and that doesn't feel right that's at all. That's a cute name. Little Buttercup. Little Buttercup. Little Buttercup. Like, <laughs> Sounds like a horse. We're going to get a call from Seth and Danielle and be like, listen, guys. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. 
Oh. But yeah, so they're almost to their goal of $10,000, so hopefully they can... Hopefully they meet and surpass it yeah. by a lot, and they can build a new life. Yeah. Because they actually, like, it was a house, and it was down to its foundation, so... It's... I can't even imagine. Well, hopefully insurance and things can help out. Or, yeah. You know, maybe they're renting. Who can say? Who can say? Oh. But... Do you have renter's insurance, Caitlin? Nope. Well, I'll think about it. All right. You never know when a tornado is going to rip through here. Actually, us, it's more so. likely an earthquake. An earthquake, yeah. Oh, volcanoes. We have volcanoes. Yeah. God, that's terrifying. No, I haven't had a volcano erupt in my time here in Oregon. Yeah. I've lived here for 20-something years, I think. Yeah. Shit. God. <laughs> that's a long time. It is a long time. Uh, now I'm native. Kind of. Kind of. You okay. Mean, you're not I don't, no. You didn't need to make that face. Go back to California. <laughs> I know. Get That's out of what, here. No one likes Californians up here at all. But yeah, no, we don't like Californians apparently. No, not at all. All right. Well, let's stay in the Midwest, shall we? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. We're on a farm in Nebraska. I like it. If you will. Okay. So. My story is about uh, Kurt Kaiser, I think is how you say his last name. Hopefully I'm not completely wrong, but I apologize if I am. This was on Good Friday of 2019. So this is fairly recent. So Kurt is 63-year-old, 63 years old, um, and a third-generation farmer in northeast Nebraska. So on this morning, he awoke at 5.30 in the morning, obviously, super early, earlier than me. Yeah, farmer. Uh, His wife, Lori, was by his side. Uh, He lit a cigarette, pulled on his muck boots, stuck an old pocket knife in his front pocket, and headed out to start his day. So the very first thing, he wakes up and gets a cigarette? Girl, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably got him right there on the nightstand and... Okay. You know, probably smokes inside. Oh, no. My dad smoked inside my entire childhood. Really? Yeah, and we never even thought, and smoked in the car, and just smoked everywhere, and we oh. never thought anything about it. Interesting. I think later he ended up, after I moved out, uh, moving to only smoking outside. Oh, okay. But my huh. whole childhood. He has a little ashtray next to his reclining chair. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Different times. I know. Now it's, like, unheard of, and, you know, everyone's totally grossed out (laughs) you smoke it all my word okay so this farm had 3,000 hogs 1,500 acres of corn and soybeans and Kurt also ran a small trucking company so he was just really busy all the time okay so he had a few farm hands that he had hired and then he also does a lot of the work himself so I think he's pretty much just working from dawn till dusk every single day. So even though he's busy, he knows that he shouldn't rush jobs on the farm. Okay, makes sense. Because when he was in sixth grade, he uh, his dad was driving his tractor, um, mm-hmm. and he jumped off of it and accidentally landed. His foot landed in the corn picker. <gasps> And Whoa. so his ankle and foot just got mangled by the teeth and ended up having to have um, a bunch of surgeries to try to like graft the skin from his upper leg onto his lower leg. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. So it just got mangled. He was in, uh, in the hospital for, in and out of the hospital for three months after that in sixth grade. Oh my goodness. So he knows he's not unfamiliar with 
the okay. dangers of farm life. I see. So this morning, he sent a few of his hired hands out to load some corn that they had picked, like, the previous day. And then hopped into uh, a grain truck to do the same. So he was also going to go out and pick up some of this corn. Okay. Uh, it was a beautiful day for a drive, he remembers. The goal of the day was simple enough to transfer the corn they had just picked from a soggy field 10 miles south of the silo on his homestead. By this time, Lori and his hired hands had returned with their corn and were on their way to Sioux City, Iowa. Okay. So they were driving. They were going to, um, they were probably taking corn or doing something, but it was nearly an hour away. So oh. it was really just Kurt on the farm okay. that day. So he came back in with his corn and he parked his truck next to the tractor that's next to the silo. Okay. And he tilted his the back of his truck back, so it was like a big sort of dump trailer full of corn. Okay. And he was going to dump it out into this hopper that sort of had a big corkscrew inside that would turn and then move the corn up this giant ramp to the top of the silo. Okay. So the ramp, I would say, I was looking at the pictures in my own estimate i would say it's probably like 65 feet or something okay. like that and it just turns and just moves the corn up and then down into the silo okay that makes, so they i guess open the top somehow yeah i'm not real familiar with farm work obviously. right <laughs> God. so he tilted the long corn filled bed using a hydraulic hoist connected to the tractor that he had just parked next to was a large bin called the hopper which Kurt wheeled over beneath the truck to catch the corn once the gate was opened. Okay. So it's tilted back. He goes and he opens the gate and all the corn falls into this hopper. Makes sense. That has the auger inside. Okay. Inside the hopper, here we go, uh, covered by a protective grate was a giant iron corkscrew about 30 feet long. And this was the auger. The job of the auger is to rotate slowly and constantly to convey the corn up a long chute and dump it into the top of the silo, as I explained. Yes. So once he got everything in place, he turned the auger on. And despite all of his prep work, something was a little bit off kilter. So in this case, he the corn had released too fast out of his truck. Like oh. maybe it was tilted up too high, and so it just came down too fast. Okay. And so it caused kernels to overflow and start to pile up over the side of the hopper. Okay. So now it's just coming and piling up and piling up. And um, it piled up so much, in fact, that it concealed the auger. So it just oh. piled up all over this hopper and he couldn't, it was just a big pile of corn. Okay. I guess. So he stepped up onto the protective gate to try to shut the gate of the trailer to try to sort of, to try to stem the flow of all this corn yeah. <laughs> coming out. Okay. So, but what he had forgotten and remembered a second too late was that there was a hole in the grate that... Like, part of the grate had broken, and he had forgotten about it. So he, that is right where he stepped. <gasps> and so his foot just went right down into oh, the auger. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Flashbacks. I know. God. He's like, oh, shit, I now remember it was broken. And he's in. Oh. So it snagged his foot, and it wrenched him forward, shredding his jeans, 
and then his ankle. <gasps> so he fell backward onto the gravel, but the blades were still turning and started to pull all of the skin away from his flesh oh, and what? started moving him up the auger. Oh so my gosh. it's still turning and he's trapped and it's going. So he could just like pretty much just watch the flesh getting torn from the bones. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. So what he says is, when the corn quit running out of the truck, my clothes were still grabbing on the auger and jerking my leg as I was trying to pull it out. He could plainly see his tibia um, and at least six inches of exposed bone beneath his <gasps> knee. Ooh. He what could, do you say, barftastic? That is barftastic. That's correct. He could also see his severed foot bobbing like a rag doll up the hopper towards the silo. Oh, so my gosh. at this point, his foot is torn from yeah. his body and just making its way up the silo. Like, can or you up still sell corn after that? Or I'm probably gonna say maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't know. So. The whole batch is ruined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this corn's got to go to the pigs. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But the machine would not release his leg. Oh. So, oh, this was, I meant to say that this is very reminiscent of another very well-known survival story. So you'll see in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, every, it's like on every single top 10 list. So, yeah. Part of a famous story. Yeah. The top 10 you said? Yeah. And so this is sort of slightly reminiscent of that. And I've always kind of wanted to tell that story. But it's been told so much already. I don't that know which one you're talking you'll about. You'll know in a second. Okay, okay. Okay. So the machine would not release his leg and he knew he needed to call for help. And so he starts patting himself down, looking for his cell phone, but alas, it had fallen and had made its way up no. this <laughs> up oh. and into the silo. So his cell phone is gone, the auger is still going. He could scream, but there's no one around. His wife and all the farmhands are off to Sioux City. Yeah. So uh, at this point, he didn't know how much longer he was going to be able to stay conscious. Because I'm losing so much blood. Well, his, I mean, yeah, he's totally mangled from the foot, you know, from the knee down. So he said, I was holding on that one bone in my leg that was all bare and stuff. There wasn't no meat or nothing on it. But the auger was jerking on that, and I was getting wore out. I just knew I, I just didn't know how long I would survive. So he is holding on to his bone to try to, to get try himself to, free, or yeah. try to keep it from breaking anymore. Yeah, well, to try to keep more of his leg outside the hopper because it's just drawing him in. Right, and you know he doesn't want to lose his knee and his thigh. Oh, okay, <laughs> so. Uh, so that was when he remembered the cheap black handled pocket knife that he had put into his front pocket on his way out. So this, it was, uh, he unfolded the knife and it was about three or four inches long. And with no time for second thoughts, the auger was still churning and dragging him into the hopper. He started to cut away the mangled part of his, of his leg. So... Uh, well, I guess he can't feel it right now, can you? Oh, no, he could. Oh, okay. Well, actually, later he says he doesn't remember if there was pain or not. Oh, okay, but, but he could feel it. Yeah, he said with his left hand, he gripped the bone below his knee, 
with his right hand, he began to saw away at the muscles, tendons, and tissues. His hands, I know. (laughs) So, yeah, this is like the rock climbing one. Yes, exactly. 127 hours. Yeah. Okay. His hands were soon covered in blood. Uh, He could feel the ping, the snap, and then the sudden release of his nerves with every cut. I know. The ping, the the snap, and the release. Like, that's very distinct. It sort of just brings a whole lot of images to mind. Yeah. God. His hands became slicker and slicker until he lost grip on the knife but somehow miraculously caught it with his other hand. Oh my gosh. So he was able to keep on cutting away. So he's just like sweating? That's why he's losing No, it's all the uh, blood <laughs> is all over the knife. Oh my gosh. And he said he would have been clean out of luck if he had lost the knife, yeah. but somehow he caught it. Regripping the knife, he continued to amputate his leg. He doesn't remember if there was pain or not. Maybe he was in shock. He only yeah. had one thing going through his mind, survival. He wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, when the muscles were cut through, he swung his leg out and away from the machine and dropped the knife. Okay. So now he's just sort of laying there with... Where? Right next to the hopper. Oh, okay. So, so he's, he's out. Yeah, he's okay, out of the okay. hopper. Now on autopilot, he crawled himself to the tractor so he could shut down the auger. Okay. And he, like, shut off the tractor. And I think he went and shut off his truck as well. But, I mean, he can, I mean, he clearly can't walk. So he's, like, army crawling around. So he uh, maneuvered himself down and, using his arms and elbows, dragged himself towards the garage that was 70 yards away. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a ways. Uh, uh, he almost stopped to rest a couple of times, but fear of passing out and then most likely dying, uh, kept him on the move. I so bet. he just kept on going. So his other leg is okay? Yeah. Okay. It's just, Otherwise the one is mangled. wildly yeah, okay. mangled. He got himself to the garage and immediately called his son rather than calling 911. Uh, but Adam Kayser spent half of his life volunteering with the local fire department. So oh. he was a good person to call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, I need an ambulance. Now I lost my foot. And his son was in the midst of buying tractor products or tractor parts. And he heard Hopper and Auger and was certain that he misheard him. Like, he was just like, what? What's going on? Get me an ambulance now. And then the line goes dead. Why? I think he just dropped the phone oh, he just, and yeah. he, okay. was, he was done talking. Yeah, 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 I hear you. He's probably going to go ahead and pass out now. So Adam jumped in his truck and sped off towards the farm, which was four miles away, calling 911 on the way over. They He was pretty scared that his dad was going to bleed out yeah, in the time sure. that he made his way over there. So he got to the farm and immediately headed towards the auger and the hopper. Makes sense. Yes. But all was quiet. The auger wasn't running. The truck and tractor were both off. There was no cries for help. And there was no blood to be seen. What? Yeah. What? So he was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, So he noticed that the garage door was open. And so he runs into there. And there his, his... his dad is splayed out on the floor uh-huh. smoking a cigarette. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, his legs were sort of hidden behind a wall. So uh-huh. Adam couldn't immediately see what was wrong. So Adam asked how bad it was. 
And Kurt replied, I messed up big time. So there was virtually no blood. And so the doctor's guess is that it's from his heavy smoking all his years. Like his blood must be like super thick or something. That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great. Not great. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so but you smoke so much, you get some thick blood in apparently. you? Apparently. That's so gross. Okay. Don't smoke, kids. I know. I wonder if it's the same with pot. I'm going to cut myself and just see how quickly it Yeah, bleed. let's try that now. I know. Let's compare. <laughs> I'd be like, it's just your young blood. It's flowing freely. <laughs> God. All right. So, Kurt had a missing foot and his leg was horribly mangled and caked with dirt and debris. So Adam called the chief of the rescue squad and told them to kick it into high gear, get there fast. Then Adam himself snapped into firefighter mode and started to attend to his father until the 12 person rescue team showed up a few minutes later. Uh, He was taken by ambulance to the local hospital and then helicoptered to a larger hospital He had two surgeries and spent a week in the hospital and then two more weeks in a rehabilitation hospital. Okay. He returned to the farm, the stump of his leg wrapped in elastic bandages just below the knee. He spent time at home in crutches and then onto a walker until four months later he received his prosthetic leg and was soon back to farming, including running the same auger. Hopefully they had it repaired. After how long? Four months. Oh my gosh. So not too bad. Wait, so wait, did he get his foot back? No. No, okay. No, so he's got a prosthetic leg that hooks onto his knee, essentially. Wow. Yeah. So that foot is gone. So he, there was blood, but not as much as you would think. Yeah, like, if that had happened to you, there'd probably be, like, a, just a sheer bloodbath. That's disgusting. But yeah. it saved his life. <laughs> I know, it probably did. Which is weird. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, thick, uh, sticky blood. Ugh. I know, barf. I, uh, like when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, because mm. they were coming in sideways, so they had to break them. Oh. And then <laughs> <laughs> they had to break them and then take it out piece by piece. Oh, and that's all... hard to hear, Caitlin. <laughs> what your story? Right. What are you talking about? No, it's about? fine. The foot, whatever, your broken wisdom teeth, it makes me want to puke. Okay. Well, anyways. I'm just kidding. Mostly. Well, wait until you hear this. Oh, God. So I just had gas, like I was awake the whole time and I couldn't feel any pain, but I could feel the pressure. Could you hear it? I could hear it. And I, so I could feel the pressure of them trying to break it and I could feel a pop and then like, yeah, I could feel it, it breaking and I could hear it breaking. Oh, that's hard. But it was such a relief in my mouth because they were, because they were growing in sideways. So there was a bunch of pressure on my back teeth. Just a lot of pain. It was just, yeah, it wasn't too bad, but like, yeah, so once like it was out, it was like pop and it was like free, but disgusting, right? Well, I have all four of my wisdom teeth in. Yeah. And I'm scared to death to have them taken out. Well, you probably won't have to worry about it now. You're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Because I'm old as shit. Yeah. I didn't say that. Because they're mature teeth now. Oh, dear me. No, it's actually funny because um, I used to have, when I was like in fourth grade, I had a big gap in my teeth. Oh, I did like, too. in the front. In the front. And 
Um, then I had braces, of course, from sixth not. grade until like I was a sophomore in high school. Fucking That's forever. Cute. Four plus years. Okay. Yeah, I was cute for about the first six months and <laughs> Okay. Kids wear your elastic. Like I never wore the rubber oh, bands, and then all of a sudden I started wearing them. And the dentist is like, "I don't know what's going on, but your teeth are moving so fast lately." Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, beautiful. "That's amazing." Well, they hurt a lot. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so I didn't have my wisdom teeth when I had the braces. Mm-hmm. So now, when I got wisdom teeth, I think I was like seventeen or eighteen when they started growing in. Now my teeth are crooked in the front because they got pushed together. So I'm thinking if I just never had braces, I probably would have eventually not had that gap in my teeth. Oh, interesting. Because they just all moved forward. Right. Yeah. My gap went away and I didn't have braces. Oh, you have very straight teeth. (gasps) Thank you. My word. I I still have a baby tooth, though. Do you really? Yeah, it's one of my fang teeth. Aww. Adorable. Oh, baby. I so, used to have mine had it was it stuck way out. Oh like yeah, yeah. there was like no gum over it, so I smile and it's like you can see my entire Snag, like, snaggle tooth or is that what it's called? I think that is what it's called. I think that's just what it's called. I don't know. I can't Girl, you had a snaggle tooth. It's a fact of life. <laughs> you don't anymore. Good job on getting that snaggle tooth handled. The braces fixed it. Yeah, so that's good. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll get your teeth fixed and. God damn it! No, but I'm farming. scared to get my wisdom teeth. You don't but have to. I seem There's to have enough room. room. Yeah, yeah. So it seems fine. That's this is scary. a gross episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! So sorry. I hope we're not eating or something. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh. Pop, crack, slice. I know. Break. Of, what was it? The the ping and then the snap and yeah, then the and release. Then... <laughs> That's so awful. That is so awful. But they, I thought in the movie 127 Hours, I think. is That's what it's called, right? I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. But they did a thing where um, whenever he went to go cut through nerves, they uh-huh. do the like a... With, oh. the, um, with the sound. Uh-huh. And it was very graphic. I can't see like, it. I know it's all Hollywood, you know, magic and fake, but it's it was, too realistic. It was realistic, and oh my god, and just going through nerves. I mean, even just like getting your teeth a little bit cold, like just yeah, the pain yeah. of that. Oh, I don't think I would have it in me. I don't know if I'm in that survival mode at that moment, but for me right now, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I don't think so. We had this ongoing joke. Um, Amy and I, uh-huh. Amy of Wisconsin, she, <laughs> that's what she's going to be known yeah. as, Amy from Wisconsin, because um, that have the 127-hour guy, I don't even know his name, um, sorry, he, that happened, like, when we were working together, oh, and so, okay. we used to make fun of each other all the time, that, like, Amy was just going to start carrying a pocket knife with her wherever she went, and if, like, a garbage can sort of tipped over on her, she was going to have to cut her arm off, and... <laughs> we were just oh, making goodness. fun of her that the arm's coming off at the slightest provocation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. That's funny. So, good times. Question. Yeah. Would you rather lose an arm or a leg? An arm. Really? Yeah. I think I'd rather lose a leg. Why? Because your hands are so dexterous. You do everything with them. I just pop on a prosthetic and go walking down the road. Yeah, I, You're don't like, know. Mm, I don't know. No. 
I don't know. I don't. My left arm seems okay. You're like, yeah, that one can go. <laughs> Maybe, I guess, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because with softball, I have to catch and throw the ball. But people with one, like, people do all the time with one arm. Would it be easier with one leg? Who can say? Ugh. Who can say? Now I don't know. Yeah, well, don't lose any of them. Okay, well, probably a leg now, I guess. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Yeah. I feel like I would get one that's too tall for me. <laughs> You'd be all lopsided yeah, all the time. I feel like that would that'd be That's my probably life. an adjustment your doctor could make for you. <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't live my life like that. No. Um, that's funny. Interesting. All right, well, cool. Uh, on that note. On that note. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this Hashtag armor leg. (laughs) Hashtag armor leg, yeah. Uh, We hope you did like this disgusting episode. Um, I've brought some pretty gross stuff to the table, I think. I always kind of think of myself as not as gross, but that's not true at all. No. It's not true at all. Got the kid with the poker in his eye. Yeah. So please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and on our website. They're like hard pass, bitches. Never again yeah. at I should totally be dead right now.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I just said that. I should totally be dead right now. Maybe give these mint juleps, once again, air quotes, uh, a try. Yeah, give them a go. Hopefully, uh, don't put too much mint. But yeah, all right. So we will uh, see you next time, I guess. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. All right. What Disney drink will we have next time? Do you know? I don't. Quasimodo? No. (laughs) No. That's what we're drinking next time. The Quasimodo. I don't look like Quasimodo. I'll put like a lump of something on the side of the glass. You're the worst person ever. (laughs) Like a chunk of fondant, maybe. What? Stop. (laughs) He was a good guy. You were a villain, okay? That's true. Yeah. I was a hot villain as opposed to Quasimodo. He's a hero, damn it. Whatever. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) 